Hi, welcome to Blindside Movie Reviews on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, uh, on the phone with Jay Forey, the original blind movie critic, and we talk movies uh, right here, uh, as we have been for the past 16-plus uh, years. Uh, 1999, the first time we got together to do this, so we've got a bunch of shows in our archive arsenal, my friend, a bunch of shows. I, I I can't even think back that far, so uh, <laughs> I didn't even think I was that old. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you probably didn't think you'd live long enough to do it for this long. <laughs> You're but, exactly uh, but, right. Man, we have, we have. Well, man, uh, it is. Uh, we are approaching a, a, a weekend that um, children and I will also say children and uh, husbands should not forget about uh, Mother's Day. Uh, that's coming up uh, in the not-too-distant future. I think we're about a week away. I, I, I say I think. I better look at my calendar to make sure. Yeah, Mother's no, Day. Correct. Yeah, Mother's Day, yeah. just so you know, it's the May 8th. So put that on your calendar, guys. Uh, put that on your calendar. May the 8th is a Mother's Day. Uh, so uh, make sure you, you think about your mother and think about your wife if she's a mom as well. Uh, and the reason we're talking about this uh, and reminding you is because there's a movie by Gary Marshall uh, who, man, this guy has really uh, embraced all of the holidays um, in the past few years. He's done a lot of movies. He's done Valentine's Day. He's done New Year's Eve. Of course, we remember him from Pretty Woman and The Prince's Diaries and uh, also the brother of, uh, of Penny Marshall. But, uh, you know, he's, he's made, a, made a living the past few years out of doing these holiday-based films. And uh, this time we've got him doing Mother's Day with an all-star cast, which is what he really does with these kind of films. Uh, this go-round... You've got uh, Julia Roberts, Jennifer Aniston. You've got Kate Hudson. Uh, Sharon Stone shows them in this. Uh, Courtney Cox, Susan Sarandon. It's a huge list. I, I, I could, I'd spend another 30 minutes having to go through all the others that are in this film. But uh, a big, big cast. Uh, Julia Roberts uh, and Jennifer Aniston, Kate Hudson, really take the lead with uh, Jason Sudeikis. Yes, uh, it, it's amazing. Here, here's what the amazing thing is. We were talking about time a few minutes ago. Do you know the other two, um, Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve, were done in 2010 and 2011? I thought it was a year or two ago. Wow, yeah, I did That's too. how time flies. Wow. It's been five, six years. I mean, that's just incredible, you know. Wow, yeah, yeah. I, I know it. I was looking at it going, let me re-look at that again. But it's been, I guess, five years, I guess. Yeah, so. yeah, it sure has, yeah. And anyway, in this film, uh, like you said, it's a bunch of, and of course, three pretty women uh, begin. And of course, as Jennifer Aniston, who People Magazine says was the prettiest uh, woman uh, in, the, uh, in, I guess, in the world or wherever right now. So, of course, the movie's going to start like this. It's Jennifer Aniston coming out of her house. In a in a towel. So <laughs> yep, that's how it starts. Okay. So uh, no, I know. Uh, I don't know how excited you are. Your wife wants to see this film. Yeah. So like you at least like Jennifer Aniston <laughs> in a towel in the first scene. Okay. Yeah, and uh, like like usual, blindness for me is not yeah. always a blessing. So, uh, <laughs> but that's how it begins. This really is really five different stories, yeah. just like New Year's Eve was, Valentine's Day, and I'm not going to go into the different stories. They all have to do with uh, their families, then their mothers, and, and their kids are in this. So it's three generations all having problems. Uh, eh, not major problems. There's a lot of comedy. This, this screen, the audience laughed, and so did I. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> no, the, the, I'll be honest with you, the acting was not as fantastic as what I thought it would be. I'm thinking, well, you know, uh, the, the scripts aren't always the best. 
but uh, they're, they're that going to be good. I mean, really, I was going to say they're in it for the paycheck, but the film itself only cost $25 million. So, But here's the thing, you know, I had fun watching it. I was entertained. I snickered a few times. I wasn't listening to my watch. So it's one of those kind of films, you know, sometimes we see these artsy films that go, eh, you know, I was not thoroughly entertained, but it was a great film. It should win an award. This is on the other side of the spectrum. Oh, man, okay. I was entertained. I enjoyed it. I really did. My wife enjoyed it. Um, you know, all to a certain extent. I know there's better films out there, but it's still, I, I enjoyed watching it, and uh just don't expect it to even come close. Not gonna, not gonna be a Razzie or anything like that. But uh, you, you, I have an idea. While your wife is enjoying it, so you'll be criticizing it. Okay. Yeah. And, and the movie is uh, it's just under two hours, hour and fifty eight minutes. So it's actually a long running time for uh, for this kind of film. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gives this thirteen percent, and IMDb is uh, five point four out of ten. What What is your rating system of this, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I've been doing a little better. I was okay. gonna give it a C rating, and okay. once again, my C is once again. I enjoyed it, but it's it, it's not really a, <laughs> a top of the line uh, film. And Gary Marshall, you know, he can do really good. Like you said, Pretty Women, yep. and but I, I mean, these three films we're talking about that are based on a holiday. This is probably the worst. Oh wow! But once okay. again, I'm still telling you. Go take your mother. Your yeah. mother will probably enjoy it. Okay. And that's what it counts. Sometimes it's the enjoyment and the fun. It doesn't matter how predictable, how good okay. it is. All right, so celebrate Mother's Day by watching Mother's Day with the mother. There you go. Uh, Jay's right. website, blindsidereviews.com. You can check him out there and all sorts of things. Uh, you can also um, go to his uh, Facebook page, uh, interact with him there. Just look for Jay Forey and Blindside Movie Reviews on Facebook. And, uh, Jay, uh, your rating system is based on a report card. Let's hear that report card rating. Yes. A, it's a good blind people like it. B, I'm glad I could hear it. C, I had one eye open. D, I'm glad I couldn't see it. And F, blindness is a blessing. All right, Jay. Uh, next week uh, we do have uh, Captain America Civil War opening up in theaters. I'm sure that uh, – I know I'll be talking about that. I've got a screening, so I want to make sure I spend some time talking about that. Is that going to be on your radar as uh, well? Definitely, I that's definitely gonna be it. I'm not still quite sure if I'm gonna be wearing uh, while we're talking about if I'm gonna be wearing my Iron Man suit or my Captain America uh, shield. Okay, but, you know, I'll All be right. I'll be ready though. All right, we'll we'll uh, talk about that next week on Blindside Movie Reviews on Gardner Web University Radio WGWG.org. Till next time, that's Jay Forey. I'm Noel Manning, and that is a wrap.
Now, the problem with The Huntsman, Winter's War, is that this was a sequel that was supposed to fix all of the things that went wrong with Snow White and The Huntsman. Right. Uh, it got rid of Kristen Stewart. It placed its focus <laughs> yeah. on Chris Hemsworth yeah. and, and uh, Charlize Theron. But it, to me, it regurgitated all the same mistakes that the first one made. It was, it was dull. It looked disinteresting. It put Theron on the shelf for the longest time. It sort of proved that they didn't have anything really new to say in that franchise. And I think audiences just realized... This is the same movie that we've seen. You know, we're not going to pay to see it again, and, and it really flopped hard. Yeah, yeah, it did. And there were a couple others that were, were part of franchise-related films, uh, the Divergent series, Allegiant, and then Ten Cloverfield Lane, which was kind of uh, in the same universe as Cloverfield. Uh, but those were also some others that were, uh, and, and then, of course, God's Not Dead, too, if we're going to throw out some, some more sequel-related uh, films. Um, what are some films this spring that just really uh, blew you away, surprised you, either in a good way or a bad way? Uh, the biggest surprise to me was The Jungle Book. Okay, uh, okay. I, yeah. I didn't really see a need for it. Right. Um, I didn't think that audiences were going to, to the family audiences were going to respond to it because it looked a little bit too dark. It looked a little bit too menacing. Um, and you run into this a lot with the Disney stuff, too. If, if we can watch it at home on a, on a DVD for free, the animated version, of course, why are we going to pay to come see it in a live-action film, and especially one where everyone's telling me we've got to see it in 3D, which is going to raise the, the cost of the price to bring a family to the theater? But, Noel, I've stopped doubting uh, John Favreau. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, he just knows how to make a great film. Yeah, he does. Um, I loved Chef, and I didn't think it was going to be much of anything. Yep. Uh, Zathura is really great. Uh, for people who haven't seen Zathura, go seek that out as a... These two siblings stuck at home playing a, a sci-fi board game. Oh, yeah. um, you know, he, he whiffed a little bit on Cowboys and Aliens, but he's a great storyteller. And everything about this movie was just wildly entertaining. The only time that it stumbled a little bit for me is when they sang. It's when they had to fit the songs in from the, from the original movie. But everything else about it, it was stunning. The, the, the special effects were great. The pacing of it was incredible. Um, I was really caught up in how good that was. Yeah, and it's uh, it's doing well, you know, worldwide also. I mean, the movie uh, it's it's under two hours long, which is great. About an hour forty five minutes. Uh, production budget one hundred seventy five million dollars. The effects in this movie are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. I was just really blown away by that as well. Uh, but well, know, being able to control every element of the yeah. of the CGI because yeah. he did everything with so much green screen, it yes. makes the 3D better. It's, yeah. it's almost the, you know animated is always better for 3D because of the way that you can ma manipulate the image and have complete control over it. Favreau had that with these animals and his jungle setting. So, uh, did you get to see it in 3D? Because yep. I thought it was really impressive. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, and and to me, there are some some movies I don't want to see in 3D. Right. Uh, for this one, I, I would recommend. Yeah, go see this in 3D. It's worth it's worth the extra bucks. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I was and I was surprised. I, I wasn't really looking forward to it. I didn't think we needed another Jungle Book, but I, I really enjoyed the way Favreau told that story. Yep. Any others uh, that you want to talk about from the spring before we dive into uh, summer? Uh, that's pretty much all that really stood out. I didn't see anything, you know, from the film festival circuit. That whole Sundance and um, and South by Southwest circuit usually produces a title or two. Uh, there were a few that I was hoping to catch up with that haven't made it down by us. She had a movie called Sing Street that I really want to see that we haven't screened yet. I didn't get to see Midnight Special, though I've heard good things about it. Um, and we saw Green Room, um, which I thought was, was well done, but it's definitely not going to be for everybody. Okay, well, let's talk summer uh, or, uh, or late spring, early summer, the next few sure. weeks. Uh, uh, what are you looking forward to uh, the most uh, in, within the next month? Uh, I, I guess it is going to be Captain America yeah. Civil War. Um, yeah. I'm really interested to see from so many different perspectives, um, 
this is supposed to culminate, you know, a lot of what has happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point. But the directors, uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, they did Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which I thought was one of the better Marvel movies um, they're directing this one. And then they're also going to be doing the two-part Avengers Infinity War, which comes out in 2018 and 2019. So, you know, from a, from a filmmaking standpoint, I really want to see how they're approaching this, uh, juggling all of these heroes together, because we've seen so many other films try and merge uh, worlds together and, and cram a lot of heroes on screen, and they fumble. Uh, right. you know, we talked about Batman and Superman and, and its inability to sort of streamline that, and I want to yeah. see how they do that. Because for the Avengers Infinity War to succeed, you have to have a lot of heroes together going against Thanos, and I think that's going to really challenge these directors. Also, you know, they're bringing Spider-Man, finally, back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's my guy. That's my hero. I love Spider-Man as a character, and I loved the Sony movies that they did with Andrew Garfield, and I, you know, I thought those were fun, but but people really disliked them, and it, that led to Sony giving Spider-Man back to Marvel, and so I cannot wait to see what Marvel is able to do with him. You know, in, in Spider-Man, you know, we've seen uh, what in the past twenty years we've seen three different incarnations of, of this right. character. What are your thoughts on that? Because you are a huge Spider-Man fan. I can't get enough. Okay. I mean, okay. honestly, you could roll me out a new Spider-Man every year, and I'd be curious to see what the person's interpretation of it. Really? It's almost like okay. Bond. Yeah, to, to me, he's like Bond. Gotcha. <laughs> I, won't, I can't get enough Spider-Man films, but I completely understand if people are waving the white flag saying, look, I don't want to see this character anymore, no more of this. I just, I really enjoy this teenage underdog, you know, in over his head, uh, fighting everybody with a sense of humor, um, and, and I don't think that they've perfected it on screen yet, too. There were problems with the Sam Raimi interpretation. There were some issues with the way Mark Webb interpreted it. Um, I enjoyed each of them for what they were, but I noticed their flaws. And now this is Marvel getting its first crack at, you know, at translating one of the, It's almost like if the Fantastic Four, which has been botched multiple times <laughs> by Fox, were able to come over to Marvel. Yeah. You'd be curious to see, like, yep. hey, can the guys who created Fantastic Four yeah. actually convert them to the screen? So, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. And you know what has really um, gotten me excited for it is the way that Marvel has uh, brought some of its heroes over to the Netflix side, too. I don't know if you're watching any of those shows. Oh, yeah. but... All of them. Every one okay. of them, yeah. So those are great, right? Yep. And Daredevil is really good. And the yep. way that they did The Punisher and Elektra and The Kingpin in that show is incredible. And oh, obviously, yeah. D'Onofrio is a great actor. So it just, I mean, Marvel obviously knows these characters in and out, knows every fiber of them. So, so when, they, when they put their efforts into, into bringing them to the screen, I think, I think it's the best of what we're going to expect. So I want to see Civil War for that reason. Yeah, and, and what I love about what they've done with the, uh, the Netflix uh, incarnation, it's still part of the same universe. I mean, they right, even right. make reference to what's happened in the Marvel films, and I love that. I love the fact that, that they, they're, they're allowing this to continue to live and breathe and saying, hey, that, that is continuing to happen here. I love sure, that. Sure, definitely. Yeah. But now, Civil War, to me, feels like Avengers 2.5. <laughs> yeah, um, it really does. I mean, it really does. And, it, and you know, even in the posters, you know, you're seeing all these, uh, all these, uh, these characters. So it, I think it's less of a, a Captain America film and more of a, another Avengers film. Do you, do you sense that? And, that? and that's just, of course, we haven't seen it yet. We'll, we'll see it next week at a screening uh, and know more. But, but leading into it, I really feel that that's what we're looking at. I do sense that, although everybody involved with it has gone out of their way to make it known that it is a Captain America story, tried and true, and it's just it's going to involve all these other characters, predominantly Iron Man. I mean, it's, I think it's exciting that Downey is willing to play along to the level that he is, you yeah. know, um, not 
making this, hey, this has to be Iron Man 4 if you're going to get me back. And that's the great thing about all of these Marvel heroes is these guys who are involved, these actors who are involved at all these different levels, they don't mind showing up different places. You know, even if it's for a bit part, you're going to see Paul Rudd in this one as Ant-Man. Yeah. You know, obviously he's coming off the success of his solo film, and his, yeah. they've already greenlit uh, a sequel for him too, but he doesn't mind coming in to play a few scenes. Uh, it's just fun. Everyone's collaborating for the right reasons. Yeah, and last summer for me, the, the, the film that I enjoyed the most, that I had the most fun uh, going to see was Ant-Man. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't have a whole lot of uh, high expectations for it, but went in and just, uh, you know, Thomas, my son, and I, we went to see it, and we both just walked away going, you know, that was just fun. That was yeah, just, that really was was. just enjoyable. They, they know how to make an entertaining film. Yeah, yeah. Well, another superhero film, you know, talk about, uh, about you know, high-name actors and actresses uh, doing superhero. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence, you know, coming back again and again and again for the X-Men franchise. You've got X-Men Apocalypse uh, coming out in May as well. Apocalypse will be really interesting, too, because it's supposed to be some type of closure for this um trilogy of films that they launched with X-Men First Class, which obviously included Days of Future Past, and now is going to conclude with Apocalypse. But they're also bringing back all of these younger versions of these classic X-Men heroes. We're going to get new Cyclops, a new Storm, a new Jean Grey, and what I think Fox wants to do from that point is build uh, a new series of films with that younger version. But what they're looking at, too, is Deadpool, like, which we've been talking about earlier. This is a movie that they thought they would roll out, uh, please a few fans, but now with the success of that film... You might see, you know, a Deadpool sequel taking precedent over an X-Men sequel, right. which a couple yeah. of years ago would have been insane to see. Yeah, 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 wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, other thoughts on, uh, on the summer ahead um, and what you're, uh, what you're really excited about? It's just interesting that, like, the, there are, you know, we, we, we yell it at Hollywood for giving us um, more of the same with their brands, right? right I mean, right. if you look at the big movies that are coming, it's, it's Independence Day, you know, a sequel coming 20 years later. It's a reboot of Ghostbusters with a female cast. Yes, um, yes. Another Star Trek, you know, and, and the return of Jason Bourne. It's all of these movies that we feel like we've seen already in some stage. Um, but this is, at the same time, to turn it back on us, these are the movies that the audience has come out for. So I don't know. It's like a chicken or an egg problem. It sh- it, should Hollywood stop making uh, Fast and Furious 8, uh, or do they make it because these are the ones that the audiences want to see? I, I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, and, you know, and I have people talk to me a lot going, you know, why can't I see anything original? Well, you do, but, but you've got to understand that these people are in it to make money. And yeah. uh, if they're going to continue to, to push out the films that they feel are going to make the most money for them. Um, do you think uh, that we're going to see uh, the end of the, um, the superhero franchise type films uh, any time in the next 20 years? Or do you think that we've got a good 20 years worth of, uh, of good stuff that's going to be going out there? Just based on, uh, you know, on, on predictions, we're going to pull the, you know, get the magic eight ball out here. 20 is a lot. Yeah, it uh, is. It is. But they've already got them planned for like the next 10. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the bubble's not going to burst before 10, because you're right. I mean, they, they're planning out. But, they, but everything, we've seen this industry just be cyclical. And what was really popular in the 80s, um, you know, isn't popular now. And so I can't see them sustaining it. Uh, because nothing gets sustained. You know, it's, it'll change in a certain extent. Um, what has to happen, I think, is the brands that are that are pushing forward these superhero movies have to change. And I and I think we've we've talked a lot about Marvel on this show. But what Marvel I think wants to do is, as they get through this phase three and gets into their phase four, um, 
they're going to change what a superhero movie means. Um, and with that, I mean, like, with Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. like, that's a superhero movie, yeah. but it's a sci-fi movie. Yep. Like, it could easily be like Star Wars. It could, you know? yeah, yeah. And they're going to start to introduce characters like Doctor Strange, which is going to get into mysticism uh, and the supernatural. They're going to introduce characters like Captain Marvel, who's going to be a cosmic superhero. They want to get into something called the Inhumans. So, you know, we're, we're going to label these superhero movies, but they won't be superhero movies the way that you think of them. They're going to, be, they're going to play with other genres. Um, and, and the smart ones do. You know, uh, Guardians plays like a, like a Star Wars movie. Some of them sometimes feel like they could have a Western feel to them. Uh, the Spider-Man movie that they want to make for next summer, they're already saying is going to feel like a John Hughes-type coming-of-age. You know, so you're going to get these different genres explored, but they're going to be explored by characters that also exist in a superhero world. And so I just think, you know, the definition of superhero movie is going to be very different in 10 years from now than what it is today. Yeah, interesting, interesting thoughts. Uh, one last question I will throw out your way. Sure. You know, D, we talked about Marvel and the success of Marvel on the big screen. Um, now, DC has been able to have it on the TV screen. Uh, DC's had tremendous success, um, you know, uh, with, with, with home audiences. Marvel, not quite as much. I mean, you've got Marvel's Agents of Shield, sure, uh, and then you've also, uh, you know, got going to have a spinoff of that. But but DC has really found a way to own uh, home screens. How have they been able to do that? Is that just because they that's what they've decided to go after for for so many years? Well, I, I, yeah, I think that as Marvel was pouring all of their attention and effort into their cinematic universe, DC was taking the time to develop the writers' rooms of those shows like Flash and Arrow and and build those up. Um, and you know, as well as I do, storytelling on a uh, syndicated, you know, weekly television right. show is spaced out so differently yeah. than the way that the movies are planned. And that's why um, with Marvel and DC, when you, they hear people talk about, hey, why can't you cross-pollinate these worlds? Um, it's, it's nearly impossible because of the, the schedule of, of just planning creatively you know, we can't have something happen in the movie affect the TV show because you might have two full seasons of the show happen before the next movie comes out, and so the characters can't play off of each other that way. I think it's smart that you keep them separate. I think with the Netflix shows, you might be able to have a character come across, you know, to a Marvel movie, but, but that's why you can't have the Flash, this Barry Allen that's, you know, the Grant Gustin character from the CW show, can't be the Flash in the DC movies because we won't see a Flash movie until 2018 right now. Right. So what would that character do? Exactly. It's really hard to do. So you almost have to pick one or the other. And where Marvel went so heavy into their films, DC wisely did TV, and they're doing really well with that. Now they're trying to figure out how to replicate that success on the big screen, but it's, it's such a different animal that you can't do that. Well, we will wait and see what will happen uh, with uh, the Marvel and DC universes on, uh, on film. Uh, there's a lot to see for the next 10 years. We know that for sure. Uh, Sean O'Connell, our guest here on Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. Uh, Sean and I both are members of the Broadcast Film Critics Association. You can also catch Sean uh, every Friday on WCNC uh, TV. That's the NBC affiliate in Charlotte. Uh, also, check out cinemablend.com. Uh, where else do you want people to uh, to follow you? You want to throw out a Twitter feed or anything else uh, you want to let people know about, Sean? I'm on Twitter. I'm, it's Sean underscore O'Connell. That's O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. I don't use it all that often. I, I sort of I use it just to sort of share stories that we run on Cinema Blend that I find fairly interesting. But, you know, Twitter to me is... It's a dangerous place to be. <laughs> a lot of people who have a, a lot of strong opinions, and I don't necessarily want to get locked up in that. But you can follow me there if you want to read a lot of Hornets and Panthers 
Hornets and Panthers talk from me on, on social media. All right. The best place, cinemablend.com, is probably uh, your suggestion, correct? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Sean, thanks, man. We really appreciate it. And thanks to our listeners. You can always email us at info at wgwg.org. Uh, you can listen to archive shows just by going to that very same website and, uh, and downloading any of those you'd like uh, on your run, on your walk, or uh, in your car. Till next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Sean O'Connell, and you've been listening to Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. Till next time, that's a wrap.